0: This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu. Okay,
1: Okay, awesome. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, Thank you for being with us today and hearing our presentation about the Abroad Bible. As you know, it's a project that we've worked on throughout the entire semester, and the following presentation is based on some of the recommendations and overall proposal that we have for James and the upcoming members of the organization. And just so you know, um, all the following recommendations are based on having the Abroad Bible be a club within Villanova. So trying to promote that and gain brand awareness. So uh, just to go over a little bit about the agenda. um, So first, we're going to talk about the industry background and competition. That's going to be discussed by Mora, And then Julie is going to talk about the organizational structure of the club and how that's going to work. Um, Taylor is going to go into a very detailed marketing plan for you guys um, that will really promote the club and get it going next year. And then Moira is also going to talk about the financial analysis and making sure it can gain uh, more website traffic and an overall just more awareness within Villanova. And then finally, Sam is going to touch upon a new website design and also a proposed name change.
2: So the blogging industry is very very popular. There's about twenty million bloggers. Um, in the US, and 1.7 million of those 20 million bloggers are profiting off their blogs, Um, and 452,000 that's their primary income. Now there's definitely a strong demand for travel blogs as a lot of travel agencies have looked to um, enter this industry, and they've successfully done this through social media, and this definitely gains a lot better presence for like, writers, and there's a lot of potential for, um, for reasons why people would want to enter this. So it's a big industry. So for our competition, uh, we looked up the top 50 travel uh-huh. blogs on, that was reported on a website based off their traffic. And I looked through the 50 of them, and I found that these three were most comparable to the Broad Bible, but one thing that they had was that they had one person that was doing it, that was doing um, the writing and the traveling, and so he kind of had his own character and what he liked to do, and what his style was, and his preferences, so he really identified with his followers because they were following him, because they knew they relied on him for a good place to eat, and that was the type of place that they wanted to go to. So he really had his target market down. And something that I noticed on the three websites was that they were recognized by the New York Times or Fortune 500, or, you know, and they on the homepage, they uh, stated, like they put the logos of where they um, had been mentioned before. And so the three names of these competitors were the savvy backpacker, um, nomadic Matt, and the poor traveler. So those are the three that were the most comparable. So how we can compete this, um, we think that we can definitely compete through this. There's always new competitors out in the market, and this is something that's very specific to the university and can, even continue to grow through other universities. I definitely think that there's a potential for that to expand elsewhere, Um, just a matter of whether or not you have the organizational structure for that um, in the communication between other universities. However, this is something that the school can promote. Um, It's something more unique where you have multiple different students writing about their experiences and places to go I definitely think that through social media and through the financial analysis that I'll go through later, um, I definitely think that there's uh, some competitive advantage you can gain through using AdWords. So. Um, so in terms of the organizational structure, these
3: were the four main points that we thought we should hit. So first we're gonna go into our flowchart of the three levels of leadership that we have. Um, so we have two as our faculty advisor, kind of just gets to be up at the top as, um, Liaison between the university and uh, the club. And then we have the next level down is the president, the CFO, the vice president, and the communications manager. And then we thought the communications manager was going to act more like a secretary and kind of bridge the gap between the top level of management and then some of the writers and the editors. Um, next down, we have the head editor, head marketing, website guru, and country ambassadors. I think a couple of these have already been assigned, but they can still be, you know moved around as the club develops and as things grow naturally. Um, and the country ambassadors, we thought it would be very important for each country on the website to have one specific country ambassador so they can go through and check all the content and make sure that it's accurate, up-to-date, You know, the places are still open abroad and they're not leading people astray. Um, and then the last level here is just going to be the writers, editors, and photographers, and those are going to be <coughs> the everyday members of the club, just people who want to Join the club, maybe send in a blog post or a couple pictures every now and then. Um, so for onboarding members, and kind of uh, more, sorry, Taylor, will go into a um, more detailed plan of how we're gonna market this a lot further to to potential new to potential new, uh, club members. But for onboarding, we thought that each member should be required to attend at least seventy percent of meetings and submit two to three blog posts or edit two to three blog posts or submit two to three pictures per semester, just to make sure that everyone is engaged and we're retaining as many club members as possible. Um, And then in terms of leadership training, we thought that each of the two upper level managers, levels of management, sorry, should um, keep a binder and kind of um, give them tips and tricks so that they can pass it down to the next year. So one of our major tasks was um,
4: trying to figure out how to answer the question, how do we spread the word about this new club, and number two, how do we drive people to the existing site? So we started off by doing a SWOT analysis to really look at uh, the internal strengths and weaknesses of the venture as it stands today. So as you can see, we thought that the first strength is that it has a great unified concept in that it provides up-to-date information for students in a really easy-to-access forum is the website that was created the second part we found that the differentiator within this website versus the other travel websites that Maura talks about is that we have the ability to build a community of Villanovans online and take their (laughs) experiences abroad and try to reconnect them with Villanovans that are back here third the club structure really lends itself well to receiving administrative support from the University So we'll talk a little bit about the Office of Education Abroad, which is the primary resource for students that are planning on studying abroad. And then finally, leadership has the flexibility to make changes as they go. This is a structure that we hope is really fluid and we've provided guidelines with the assumption, as Julie said, that it will adapt and grow with the organization. Now on the flip side, we did find some weaknesses, the first being we think that there might be a loss of focus on enhancing the quality of the service or the quality of the website in lieu of onboarding new members because we feel like the onboarding process is going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort on the part of the new executive board. So this could be a weakness moving into the next school year because it will take a lot of their time off their hands. Second, there's currently very little website traffic and that leads to a lack of brand recognition. So, that's something that can definitely be worked on, but as it stands right now, we need to continue to figure out how to drive people to the site. And lastly, there's no sustained source of management um, in club members for proper succession planning. So, while we're really working on onboarding those new members for the coming semester, that's a process that needs to continue, and it can't stop at just So after we looked at the strengths and weaknesses, we tried to look at the market trends and see what opportunities might exist in the market and also what threats uh, might pose a problem down the road. The first one you can see is the opportunity to really gain traction on Villanova's campus with this new club in order to take it to other universities across the country. We think that the website is a great platform for bridging the gap between students in um, in their home college and also when they're studying abroad. The second um, opportunity deals with the monetization aspect. And as Mara will later talk about, the monetization is definitely possible um, if we do receive sufficient traffic to the website. That's something that will ultimately lead.
0: Sorry, I to interrupt. Why is the website um, in print? Okay, so oh. this is, yes. We put a
5: disclaimer in, the, um, in your paper, actually, but we forgot to mention that earlier. Because of the proposed name change, it's now the website, and then we refer okay. to that in the paper as well, just because we leave that for the end. Yeah, so, excuse so. <laughs> me, you, your website is the abroad Bible, but you will Not see you later
4: on. That's,
6: Why, what the, that in there? that's what the fireworks are for? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, part of the <laughs> Yes,
4: okay. yes. Um, so, um, with that being said, the potential companies that may be interested in the website, we thought were app travel agencies, bus tour groups like Bus to Alps, that's the one I used a lot when I was abroad, um, and also travel travel sites as well. Um, Another opportunity is the fact that we see this being a great opportunity to give back at some point after the venture has been monetized and a way that we can do that is through a philanthropic component that would provide a scholarship to a student um, studying abroad. Now looking at the threat side as Laura mentioned there's a lot of competing sites. Um, Some do deal with those students that are studying abroad while others are more general um, travel books and websites. We wanna make sure that in order to stand out from this, we stick to our differentiator. So as we go through the rest of the marketing plan, I think you'll see how all of our efforts have really been focused on that differentiator, which is connecting Villanova students with the website. Now we have to watch out for any economic or political occurrences that may ultimately turn students away from studying abroad. Currently on Villanova's campus, it's about 50% of students that study abroad, but this could always change, especially with what's been going on in the Middle East, moving into more of Western Europe. And finally, Villanova's ability to sustain um, its clubs is really also at the core of sustaining this organization, because if for some reason Villanova was not able to sustain all of its clubs and organization, it may lose funding. So kind of have to keep an eye out for if that change occurs, that this club would be able to self-manage. So now we looked into what events we could take advantage of on Villanova's campus in order to create a really solid marketing plan moving into the new school year. So the first one I'm going to start out with is the activities fair, which happens in late August. It's usually the first week when the students return back to school. And if you haven't um, been to it, it's really a big event in the Pavilion where every student organization on campus has the ability to have a table set up of a trifold their executive board members are present and um, I'd say a really big portion of the students that attend this event are freshmen and the other students are you know usually upperclassmen that are looking to kind of expand their horizons into a different club or organization on campus so this would serve two really big um, roles for um, the travel writers club and the website the first part is definitely exposure as much as we can expose this new club on campus the better off it'll be in sustaining itself through new membership. The second is really recruitment, because we see the activities fair as a great opportunity to recruit new members, specifically writers, people thinking about going abroad. And the great thing about this fair is that you can have members actually sign up at the table. So this will be your opportunity to create your first contact list. Once you have this list generated of all the students that signed up, you'll have an email um, ready to go, letting them know when your meetings are and they'll be more engaged then. Now, also in September, we would like to see the Wildcat Newswire utilized. The Wildcat Newswire is a daily email that's sent to all Villanova students, and it has a list of upcoming events for that week, and it has a little blurb, you can also include links in it, so this could direct students to the Abroad Bible website. Now, the Newswire um, is a great, easy, no-cost way to get students involved. We realize it doesn't always have the most students um, looking at it, but the students who do are probably going to be directly linked back to the website, which is what we're trying to do. Now, also in September, we think that it would be beneficial to have informational meetings that kind of give an overview of the club and provide students a snapshot of what they might be getting themselves into if they do decide to join. So that would be a way, um, kind of prior to assigning anyone, as far as writers, bloggers, country ambassadors, etc., to provide an overview of what the club um, would look like for new members. Now, in mid-fall, that's when the study abroad fair takes place. And similar to the activities fair, this also provides an opportunity to build up that contact list. But the great thing is this has a little more of a niche market. The students that attend this fair are likely students who are looking to study abroad. And by exposing them to this opportunity, hopefully they're presented with the website before they even go abroad. Which is what we're looking for now finally we think a great step to take in November would be to contact the program coordinators these are usually faculty advisors who um, kind of organize the entire process for students looking to study abroad in their specific program and this list can be obtained from the Office of Education Abroad where a list will be if you obtain that list you can then send an email out to all the abroad coordinators and hopefully push them to let their students know during their orientation that this website is out there and it can assist them with prior to and during going abroad. Now there's a few ongoing marketing efforts that we would think, that we think would really um, boost your efforts to spread awareness. The first is in the form of promotional flyers. We talked about those fairs and the great opportunity at those fairs is to provide students with something tangible to walk away with in the form of a promotional flyer, which we've created here as a kind of a sample. Now, the Office of Education Abroad is where every student has to make an appointment before they study abroad. And if they are housed in there, we hope that if students see it, they'll pick one up, take it back to the dorm room, show their friends. Again, a great way to generate attention. A program that we would suggest using because it is so user-friendly is Canva. It's an online design program that allows you to create flyers like the one that you see and build a brand kit. So we don't want to overlook the fact that the abroad Bible is a brand and we want to make sure that all of these promotional materials are consistent throughout print advertisements, social media, etc. So we suggest having the communication head work with um, fellow members to develop a brand kit that's using consistent fonts, color schemes, pictures, all of that so that if someone sees an advertisement, they immediately know, okay, that's the abroad rival. You travel writers put that together. Now, another ongoing marketing effort is in the form of social media. As more touched on, it's really, really important to engage members so that we keep this differentiator alive of having them connect with um, the writers in their host countries. So for Facebook, we'd like to see a club page and a website page created. So the club page would be for members to go on access Um, get assignments from some of their older advisors in order to say okay you have to do um, this blog post or we'd like um, some content from the person in Sydney Australia Um, so that would be more of an information source for the members themselves the website page would be an extension of the website in order to draw in users to um, the new content that's being um, released on the website it's just another way for them to access it Now, for Instagram, we tried to target a little different of an audience. We thought that this would be a great way to engage the students that are studying abroad from Villanova, um, but might not be involved in the club themselves. We had the idea to have a photo of the week contest, so that way students could submit their abroad photos to the website, and then the communication head would then choose a photo every week and kind of give them a shout-out or maybe have a prize, something along those lines. And then finally, Twitter would <coughs> be a great opportunity to engage country ambassadors and continue their story that they're writing through their blog posts and online in, in the, um, the website platform, but do so in another more casual form. So hopefully if there's um, you know, someone who's planning on studying abroad, they really like the content that Julie is writing about, then they can follow Julie on Twitter. And all of that content will again be linked back to the Abroad Bible website using hashtags, something like that, Um, and it would be a great extension of getting to know Julie's Julie's experience abroad.
2: So for the financial analysis, I just want to say that uh, it's definitely worth uh, seeing if we can make this profitable, but I did this all based off of research that I found online, and it's a very hypothetical situation that. I use projections for because um, on the website that we're currently using our WordPress, it would only allow me to look at the past month's number of viewers, so like, it, I don't even have like a year's worth of statistics available because there's a plugin that you have to purchase for WordPress analytics to have that type of data and to really see the statistics. So, I took the number of viewers for the past month and times that by twelve to give a year to do my productions on a year's basis instead of like in the next two months because I think that that's what we want to look at a little bit more. And I just used other um, I looked up a lot of research of how these blogs started from nothing and how they became really profitable and different strategies that they used. And a lot of them said that they. Commented relevant comments, not like, hi, follow my blog, like, this is it, or whatever, like, commented, like, great photo, and then included a link to their website on the comment. And it was, the comments were being left on competitors' websites or competitors' social media, and it really drove a lot of traffic to their sites. And in addition to that, a lot of them used AdWords and really relied heavily on Google Analytics. And on top of that, uh, once they really had, um, oh, and they also paid other people to do like a guest post. So like if you got in contact with somebody who had a lot more uh, viewers and a lot more traffic on their website, it, you might be able to pay them or they do you a favor and they do a guest post. <coughs> What exactly your blog is, and this is kind of introducing you to their followers and to see if you gain any traffic that way. But those are just a few strategies, and I incorporated this into the analysis. So um, right here is the this is from the WordPress analytics, and this is the number of sessions for the past month, and it's this is really rough because the fact that we have been using this so like I don't want this to look like oh you know like, you definitely have hundred and twenty six views in the past month because um, I don't know how many of that's coming from our views and then the average views per day was about 4.2 so roughly um, that's how what the sessions were and for the bounce rate this is how many times somebody went to your website stayed on the home page, and then exited. And they weren't exploring other parts of the website. So if it was at 100%, they only viewed the home page, and then they left. Uh, So these were just the bounce rates for for the past month as well. Um, So something that was really interesting that they included for the WordPress analytics, uh, the basics, was the traffic sources, and mostly it's coming from Google, directly typing in the website, adtiger.tk, and Facebook, um, with Facebook being kind of higher, just again, another reason to really emphasize the social media, because that's where your traffic's being driven from. But also, Google, that's really where um, most people are getting to your website from. And so doing Google AdWords like would definitely be, I think, really beneficial. and. The popular page, most popular page was the home page. And I think that, has to, that correlates a lot with the bounce rates. Uh, so I used Google Trends to type in uh, a few different words. So one was study abroad blogs, travel blogs, and college study abroad. And you can see here that they're pretty cyclical. And if, you, if I was actually on Google Trends, and you go to the peaks, the peaks are always January and the low is always July. And I think that has to do with uh, the fact that people, that's like right before people leave to stud, to go to their study abroad program. And my thoughts on this being useful, this is another one that also included just study abroad. There just were a lot more searches for it, so that's why I was hired and I included different graphs. Um, but it was also cyclical and I think that by spending more on advertising like AdWords in those months would be the smartest way to use your minimal funds from uh, Villanova for starting off. Uh, Really just to make this blog profitable after reading everything uh, was putting the money in the advertisement to drive the traffic to your blog, because otherwise you're not going to have people paying flat rates for the advertisements are the side. You're not going to have people sending you products to do guest posts. You're really not going to have um, the traffic to get the advertisers. And we're talking even like junk advertisements that we could get for about 15 cents or like a flat rate one that we could get from Camp Co around here. It just, have, you have to prove that you have like over 2,000 viewers like or like something like that or you can go around to local areas around here and say this is a Villanova website, it's Villanova Run, and you really could um, benefit by advertising on here because when they get back, they'll or they'll always remember. Oh, like I see Campus Corner advertisement or something, and this is something that they might be interested in doing, even if it was for a small fee. That would be uh, some something that would help cover the cost and. For those Google Trend searches, the regional interest was the United States for most of those. So um, that's also just another just backup that for people studying abroad. So these are the assumptions that I had um, made. So it said that there is no revenue per session for the first year, and then in addition additional years that there would be 15 cents per session, per one session for, for that. Then the advertising expense growth. So I said that we would start with like, I have it later, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but like, start our advertising expense for the first year and increase it each year by, 20 for, by 20%. by twenty And then Are our top-
0: expense going to Google
2: AdWords? Yeah, like to whatever we just, um, I I'll I'll show you in a second, Sorry, and then um the I said that there would be two additional sessions per dollar increase in ad spend, which is like also like very rough. Like this is like a hypothetical situation, and then other session growth. I said ten percent the first year because this is when um, we're introducing the club. You're going to have the most buzz about it, and a lot of the students that are just getting involved, and word about through um, it just being new, and after that, I thought like and the other session growth also includes the social media. So like by doing the comments and all the other um, promotional flyers that Taylor talked about. So I had ten percent and then five percent, five percent for those other years. So the number of session views for year zero right now is. 1,512 with taking the 126 for the past month and timesing that by 12. Okay, so for the first year I had, there's no ad revenue, like where there's no fixed revenue. The fixed revenue is supposed to be for um, people paying flat rates for um, an advert, like a side advertisement, like the campus corner thing, but the variable ad. Revenue is supposed to be the pay-per-click, so if they clicked on the advertisement. So there's those are two different forms of payment. So the expenses for year zero, were they found this thing called Monster Insights Pro, and I looked into different plugins for WordPress, and this is the number one plugin for WordPress. It's for the analytics, it's going to really help you look at all the different numbers and really see where you can uh, place your advertisements correctly to really drive the traffic to your site and I read reviews on it and a lot of other bloggers have really found these plugins very helpful but this is the one that's supposed to be like the ones have um, for the domain registration for destination broad that's the what is the, the website name, sorry, I guess I <laughs> blew that it one, name? but um, there's a domain registration just for a one-time fee, so that would be $18 in the first year. Um, the total cost of operating WordPress premium is $99 a year. I wasn't sure about your subscription currently, but that's, uh, I, I just decided to assume that it included in the expenses. Um, for the club promotions, uh, for the flyers, food, and banners, and everything on campus, I thought that for the first year, since we're just getting started, that we would allocate three hundred and fifty dollars um, for for the club. But then, for years following that, that we, it would remain at two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, the advertising for the AdWords and any other, you know, if you did a guest post somewhere else or like you asked somebody else to do that, I. Uh, initially had for the first year $600 Um, and I had that increasing by 20% each year for the ad spend so that's really where it calculated the growth of the number of sessions so the growth of the number of sessions is is calculated by increasing by 10% for the first year of the years past plus the additional sessions per dollar of ad spend, that's increased, does that make sense? Sorry, yes. words. Okay. All right, so um, that's how I increased, increased that. Um, and I had, uh, so the revenue per session, I had being calculated with .15, like 15, 15 cents per session. So if you had 7,289 of these, and we said that only 5% of those viewers actually clicked on the advertisement. So I had only 5% of 7,289 clicking on the, the 15 cents thing. So I took that number and multiplied it by the 15 cents. Uh, for the variable ad revenue, but for the fixed ad revenue, I assume that it, in year two, with having that much traffic, that you should be able to go around <coughs> and collect a total like the flat rate of maybe like two or three restaurants or something locally around here, and so that's where the hypothetical 400 is. And I thought maybe in year three, maybe you'd have like an additional advertisement there or something for four hundred fifty dollars revenue there because that's a flat rate that you like always have Their advertisement up the other variable one is if they click on it. So that's why I said only about five percent of the people who Came on your website Actually clicked on that for your revenue Because it's a pay-per-click Which is definitely the more popular payment method um, however, I definitely think with like some sales work, you can convince some people around here to hit flat rate, right? which definitely, I think, is the better way to go. So by year two, uh, I have projected for us to break even in your expenses, um, but again, just an overview, Like since this is such a hypothetical number situation of, you know, like, I can't guarantee you like that you're going to have this many viewers. I really just have read a lot of experiences of other bloggers that really wanted to make their blog profitable, and they put the money into it and really were active with the comments and the posts on social media, and that's what has really gotten there, too. Like, I know some people have said that it took them about seven years to really get going. Like all of it was just with time. So it might not be next year that you're going to have like just a huge amount of you uh, view, like viewers, but just the more traffic you keep on driving to the page is the more likely you're going to like somebody's gonna to want to advertise on you. Otherwise, like they're not really looking to spend money on something that is not very popular. So,
5: as Mark kind of already said, we do have a name change. So we were kind of concerned with, so the name, the Broad Bible is great and we love it. We were just kind of concerned that some users, if they search like something like that or they just type in Bible abroad or like something like that, they might come up with like like churches abroad or like some prayer group. So we kind of wanted to make sure that your idea was really concise and that it reflected in the name. So we suggested, after um, we interviewed a bunch of people, actually a bunch of students and some administrators, and we found that the word abroad should definitely be included in whatever name the website eventually takes on, just because that's something people are going to search for and study abroad or whatever. So we found from our research and just kind of what we thought, we thought the name Destination Abroad would really suit well. And it's just something kind of catchy, and it really will reflect what you guys are thinking. So we hope that that'll, um, bring some brand awareness and recognition, and that it also will um, give some marketing power and then university support, so that if there's any backlash with the word Bible in it for any reason, it doesn't even include it, and it's pretty simple, and it doesn't have anything to do with like drinking or anything like that, could be that. It's a pure name, and we thought Destiny Shabbat would be a really cool marketing tool for you guys. And then with the name change, we also had a couple updates to the website. So what we have gone ahead and done is actually created a mock website um, for Destination Abroad. So this is actually the homepage here and then it has one more bottom part here with everything. Um, We found that this format here actually is called Sella on WordPress and it gives you the most up to date, easy to access format that students, they can easily find what they're looking for and click on it. Um, and we found this after interviewing a couple students. They, everyone that um, All the feedback, everyone started with the website's really cool. Um, and then they said that um, they really liked everything, but that they found that the articles were aligned so closely together in the old thing that it was very difficult to read, and it was kind of distracting. And that the skyline on the bottom just made it hard to read those articles that were kind of flowing. So we wanted to make sure that this was a clear front page and that they could easily find um, the city that they were looking so I'll actually click on the website here. So this is your new Destination Abroad. Again, it's just a mock site, but in the paper is the password and username, so you're able to use it. So here's the front page. And here it has the About section just down here. Um, and we actually changed the tabs a little bit. So we went to, um, first, our first one is Our Mission, which is, again, your About section that has your story and just how you guys studied abroad in Sydney. And then it can also include um, how it started on Villanova and kind of how you're continuing there. Next, we have the blog section, which will still have all the student-written blog posts, and they're just in this easy-to-use format. Next, we go to the guide section, which will have all the cities that you have. And then under each city will be a couple new tabs. So it will be sites things to do food to eat drinks to drink and then your weekend plans which you guys had on the old website which we thought was really helpful for students and we just thought this was easier than going through a bunch of different tabs you just click on the picture and it takes you right to the information there Um, and then our next tab is the travel essentials tab which we thought would be really helpful for people preparing to go abroad so that they know everything um, ahead of time and they can ease some anxiety so under here, we felt that it would be good to have a what to pack section, a section about the airports, and traveling, and language, and all that type of stuff. And then cell phones and technology, like what cell phones to bring, and like what carrier you should use, or like should you buy one there, depending on your country. And then banks, currency, and financing, and kind of have a plan of what you should do before you leave, what you should do then, and how you should set up um, like with your banks ahead of time. And then just some more prep steps that could be like, here's your six month in advance. here's your three week plan, here's your week plan, here's your day before what you need to do. Make sure you're all set to go. We just thought that would be a really cool section to have. And then our final section is the join our team tab. So obviously this isn't you guys but you will add your information. So we just did ourselves. This way people get to know who's writing the post and it'll be about the students and you can see that it's actually written for students by students. So we thought it would be cool to have like say. Who are we, what's our major, what's our favorite city, and what one item would we need if we were stranded on a desert island? So we all just kind of answered our own. So Julie would need coffee, Mara would need ice cream sandwiches, I would need SPF because I'm really Irish, so. (laughs) We just thought this would be a really cool and fun way to get people engaged with your site. And we think that overall, the Broad Bible is great, but we think that all these improvements can really help your organization, and we hope that you feel the same way. So if you have any questions or comments,
0: That was awesome. Thank you guys a ton for taking the time to put this together. Uh, I love the suggestions, I love the idea, and I love the emphasis on the connection with Villanova as a core competency and a a differentiator. Uh, I did have one question on, uh, it's kind of a combo with Morris calculations and just the general target market. Um, So, every time, you know, we gain someone new, they're using this website for the study abroad experience, Uh, and after they finish studying abroad, they tend to, you know, stop using the website. Uh, Did you guys think of any ways that we could, you know, pass this on from one person who studied abroad to the next? And you know, how do we maintain that viewership as opposed to just getting these people for the semester and then losing them again? Um, and do the numbers reflect the fact that some people may not continue to return to the site
2: after Yeah, that? I think a lot of people have to do with the fact that a lot of people are end up in these programs when they go abroad and it's, you're not, it's not just Villanova, like, but they might be posting for Villanova on the Broad Bible. And, but I think if there's something that they are writing up and really doing something great on it, and they're in a big program, they would tell other people to, oh, this is what I posted, or whatever, or, You know, check this out. If they had not done that weekend trip yet, or they were looking for something. And I think that they would also tell their other friends that are studying abroad in Europe, like, oh, have you looked at this? <coughs> and so I really think through word of mouth, it would definitely help. I definitely think it's more targeted towards Europe. I think it should, it should be because I studied abroad in Australia as well, and like it is so great, like absolutely loved it. But I think that there's so many more students that go to Europe and are like traveling in between, and that's where the word of mouth could really happen so much. Where like for the Australia thing, like it's definitely great because there's not that much stuff on it, and I was like doing more like research on the books and local stuff. Um, but I think that there's more potential with like spreading word of mouth there than there is with like more like unique countries to go to. Understood.
4: And if I could just add on to that, we had the opportunity to speak with the founder of the Man Registry, which is um, a website and also a blog combination. And I thought he gave us some really great advice that they also are kind of in a similar position where the target audience is drawn there because a wedding or they're buying for a wedding and he said the same thing like how do we attract these same people to remain our customers when they're no longer using this for their own wedding and he said that the blog aspect of their website has been so instrumental in that because it's continuing to generate relevant content that will continue to connect with its audience past the point of studying abroad in this case so I think where um, the real Another aspect of the differentiator is that students will go to this when they're preparing to go abroad. They'll go to it during their abroad experience, but they have the blog as kind of a separate entity um, as part of the website that will enable them to continue to feel engaged with their past abroad experience.
5: They'll know it's a resource, so if they go back to Europe or they're traveling somewhere else, they can tell their parents about it. Although it is technically for studying abroad, it's also basic information that you would want to know anytime. So we're hoping that users will just continue to use it afterwards.
2: I not think there's a potential to like spread out through other schools like while this is abroad, you know, like having the club at school and there being a format through the club at school. Like when you make a post, this is the format that you post it in, just so then it's consistent and it's not like one person's writing like a 10 page paper and then like somebody's doing more like a BuzzFeed article that's like very short and simple. I think short and simple definitely does better in that regard like and that's something that could be talked about in club meetings and stuff but I think that once they're abroad and they're talking to other people and it's very useful like somebody else might be interested in getting involved and they might, the person that's already a part of the club might be able to get them involved as well and they go to another university and they might be able to start it or you know do some sort of correlation or whatever like some communication there.
6: So who's the who's this website for?
5: For students studying abroad, prepping beforehand and while they're there. Okay.
6: And it's for where where are the students, where do they go to school?
5: Uh well we're hoping we're so we're making it a club on campus. So we're hoping it's a resource for the Villanova students, but we're yeah. also hoping that students around will tell their friends. So it can be students, mainly in the United States, traveling to okay. elsewhere.
6: Uh, so it's a Villanova club,
5: mm-hmm.
6: and it's for any student?
5: Yes.
2: Uh, it's for students that are traveling abroad. Traveling. So I mean, this the target market is definitely very large. In the United States, like with the Google Trends that I searched, a lot of people are searching it. And if you look at statistics on many universities' websites, they'll say like 50% of our students study abroad or 30% of our students study abroad. So like, there is definitely a huge market for this. It's just about more so finding uh, the, within the, that target market who's looking for these references.
6: So what about uh, non-students? Dockers. for kind of keeping people on the site mm-hmm. you just want to keep it for students oh no that's it's what
5: a, we were just saying we're hoping that um people will use it you'll tell your friends you tell your parents or once you graduate you still know it's a resource that you can use when planning a trip
7: you can yeah. develop some like, content too dockers. through the blog that might be uh right. you know so you're you know missing your study abroad experience or you know mm-hmm. it might be cool and for you yeah course. five years after i was in like getting to go back and mm-hmm. some you know other reflections like that to uh, I think that's what you were getting out, we talking about the Man Registry blog, like other ways that they can provide content that it might not be at the core of what they're selling or gifts for dudes, right, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah.
7: yeah. Did,
6: have you ever heard of the New the new, new Leaf Club in Rosemont? Yeah. Okay, so in Rosemont it's behind St. Thomas and Villanova, it's on Montrose Avenue, this little, this nondescript street, you know where the Lifty's is? Yeah. You must, right? So. You go there for hamburgers, right? Um, so right behind that is this thing called a New Leaf Club. And it says it's for kids who are under 21, but then it also says it's for adults too. Uh, but only sometimes it's for adults, and then other times it's for kids. And they have these mic, open mic nights that really the adults are kind of discouraged to come, but they can come if it's one of their one of their children are, are playing in the thing. So. What's the result? The result is, is it's kind of confusing. Yeah. Because it's like, what I, literally we went in there uh, and said like, so I don't understand who's supposed to come here. And it really, hurt. I've heard many people talk about it and they're like, I don't understand that place. There's a coffee shop in there too? Am I allowed to go in for coffee? Of course you'd go for coffee. Why would you ask that? Because it's confusing. The point is, is that you have to make sure like I'm asking you is this a Villanova so it's a Villanova club it's a club but it's for any student but it could be for students that are you know post written,
2: like it's going to start off as but you have being to be written. it has to be clear yes right
6: it has to be clear and it wasn't clear to me necessarily in the presentation but it has to be 100% clear and if it needs to be extended expanded to hey this is for anyone and then you have uh, here's for students and here's for non students or something Whatever it is, it has to be clear. If it's for students, but you can come too, it's going to be
0: confusing. So, um, just just building on this, uh, you really stressed this connection with Villanova and that we need this club in order for all of this to be possible. Um, I think
2: it's going to be helpful to have the club, but I don't
0: think it's safe. Like... Okay. Um, so, about maybe naming it or orienting it just to the Villanova audience to start out with, like maybe destinationabroad.villanova.com, um, and that might help get the study abroad office and the, the um, club organization working for us as opposed to them being like, oh, these are students who's just starting, mm-hmm. trying to start a business, yeah. uh, making it just for the Villanova
5: So we kind of thought of that a little bit. So we looked at the Spoon University kind of model where each university has their chapter. And we thought about that at first, but it seemed like this, like at least for you guys, you kind of weren't, you didn't want to limit it just, uh, like limit it to just Villanova kids. So we were thinking you start at Villanova in the sense that they're the ones writing this. And we're hoping that nonetheless the university will be supportive of this club because it's writers and photographers and it's giving them another creative outlet. And it's kind of like um, Princeton has, um, they actually have their own, like, I think they print it as a magazine, plus they have a website called the Princeton Traveler. So they, obviously, anybody can also use it, but it's clearly Princeton written. So we were hoping for this at least that, in the sense of the name is, that way you can broaden it to other people and it, you're not limiting it, limiting, oh, I can't say that word, I'm sorry, <laughs> limiting it right away to the Villanova community. So... It's able to be marketed without having to go back and do another change of the name and do something else. So it's like it's just another resource, like Spoon University without it being like, Spoon University, and it's only Villanova. It's destination abroad, and eventually, if you want to expand to get new writers in, we think that would be easy without anybody having to change the name. Okay.
6: So it's almost like administered by Villanova students, yes. and it's of any student for any student.
0: sense to me uh, you had this great organizational hierarchy with uh, I think there were 11 members I counted not including two over here who's our faculty advisor um, right now we have two students that I'm 100% for sure want to be a part of this mm-hmm. and then there's a whole group of others who I know more i talked talk to in a sorority and there's there's others who are planning on studying abroad and have studied abroad who are hesitant to join until we get like this the club official and the connection with the study abroad office? I think it it has a lot to do with the fact that they feel that they're going to waste their time on something that, that students are just working on and you know may not be anything in the future. How do we you know ramp up this plan slowly to maybe not having a full team right at the start, uh, being able to do all of these tasks at once, like you have a lot of things that need to get done next semester when we come back. If we have a team of maybe two or three people when we come back, um, and they're not going to be able to accomplish these things, how do we tailor that plan to the team size? So what are the most important roles for those people to take on? And then yeah. and then that would
7: be, you know, as they're recruiting and the writers and those
6: Furthermore, I would say instead of the roles, I would say the tasks that you have done. I was a founder of a business fraternity at my school uh, in Penn State, and it didn't exist. (laughs) And the only thing we did—it's now thriving and it's doing really well, and it's probably the top uh, uh, independent uh, non-fraternity fraternity fraternity, uh, for both uh, men and women um, on the campus now. And we started out selling um, chocolate bars <laughs> that we ended up mostly eating <laughs> and then uh, coming up with money from our parents to, to make whole make of what we ate. <coughs> but the point is is that it's now a thriving organization with many generations of students going through, but we started with selling candy bars. We did one other thing, too. But it was pretty simple. So what do you, what do you think is the top thing to your question? Top couple things that need to get done
3: really out of the my- gate
6: really
3: simple. Really with our marketing plan, it's mostly just getting into the study abroad fair and the activities fair because that's going to drive a lot of traffic and kind of get people towards the website, see that this is not just kind of a one-time thing. It is something that really could thrive on Villanova's campus. And I know a lot of people are very eager to get involved in a lot of different activities on campus, especially if they can jump into a leadership role right away. So I think even with just two or three people coming up with um, flyers and talking to people at these different fairs, it wouldn't be that hard to fill these roles.
0: Yeah,
2: well, I think the communication is like the number one thing too. Like it's just like having somebody to coordinate and communicate between people that are abroad and here and what's going on the website. And so I think like the most important thing is if we decide to like have our website with, like the new layout um, and the new name is like really just like getting that up and running in time for. This summer, for when the people like staying in touch, we had made a Facebook, like a private Facebook group with the people that are interested in uh, joining the club. And I feel like just keeping communication there and getting also their emails to communicate with them of like what maybe they would be interested in doing or, you know, telling them about it just since school is about to end right now. And I feel like having like a meeting about this is probably less to happen um, with exams, but I think that just communicating through email and through this Facebook group, like, you could definitely get it organized, at least have, like, new content up, and to um, have, like, I think having a head editor is also important, and I also think photog- photography and social media, like, having somebody run the social media account
6: I think it'd be like one page or a half a page or a paragraph or five bullets that says these are the things that need to get done and this is how it will.
0: So this is going to be really helpful for him. Are there any things that you see outside of those roles that are absolutely essential that we get done? Um, I love the revamp to the website, but I don't know if that's essential in order to keep it alive yeah. right now. Right. Um, like the name change, I think, is something that needs to get I done. I think
2: have somebody yeah, do the name change, but I think that really just uh, maybe coming up with a format of how that they're how they're supposed to be writing content. And communicating with the people who have signed up for the club for like, how they should be posting is definitely what's really essential right now. Gonna and then maybe like them. talk to any of them about, um, you know, I think a time to have the club promoted on campus next would not be until maybe even October or November because when you come back in August, you know, everyone's going, the people that are already abroad are have left, maybe in October or November, people are kind of getting prepared to go for their, their next study abroad for people who are going to go in the spring, which is definitely less popular than the fall at Villanova. However, I think that um, ha- maybe like having a meeting with some of those people then, and really get starting to get the club organized uh, then, and even taking any of the people who have studied abroad from the past in January, and kind of coming together and having but I think just the, the communication is really key. I
6: have a question. Where where are you right now? Living with the approval process. On-
0: response is, is a clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. not getting back Yeah, so I think this will help him understand what we're really looking to do with this and how it can, you know, be something that... You guys have a PDF involved.
7: version yeah.
6: of this as well? Yes, home. yeah, yes. I can email
5: that out.
6: I have a question. Um, if I were an administrator, I might think, and this is, you know, a Catholic university, I might think, how are you going to control some of the content or how are you going to make sure that it's not inappropriate? Um, if I wanted, if I was going to have something associated with the university, I'd want to how you're going to flag things, or who's going to police it, who's going to oversee it, so there's not, you know, drunken, crazy, parties uh, and things that are on there. Um, let's, let's.
5: So the protocol kind of with that will be, um, obviously the president and CEO, like all the head guys will know that that's not acceptable and they'll be the editors, they'll be looking for that, and two is also the faculty advisor, so we know that none of that will be allowed. So, like. One section that we were kind of like iffy about was just like, I wrote drinks to drink as one of the things, but obviously it's legal over there, but there also could be a disclaimer like if you're 21 or like something like that. And it would be nothing inappropriate, it would just be like, here's like this great but how, I'm sorry,
6: how are you going to make sure that that, that inappropriate content is not there? So say uh, the editors. how do you know what's the ground rules? Do you yeah. have, is there a set of ground rules that says, okay, this is appropriate, this is
2: right there would be so we're hoping okay, that so. what the we're saying the like leaders. the two people the two leaders would definitely be like the ones that would look at all the content and edit it and delete anything that was inappropriate and yes like there aren't any like guidelines that exactly that are written down right now but i think that they would have sense of what is appropriate and what is not appropriate of what a university would want to be associated with. Does the
7: newspaper have any, the Villanova, do they have any sort of community standards or anything like that that you guys were able to uncover or see something like that? That would be a solution to adopt. That's what I
4: was thinking, that it would be very similar to the Villanova um, and that I'm not sure what the current guidelines are but I think like Sam was alluding to, it is that system of checks and balances because it's not like the person that's Writing the paper is publishing it.
7: We're right. I think yeah. I think the system the to prevent the bad content from getting up is is in place. It makes sense having editor. Yeah. People wouldn't just be able to do live post. But I think without putting comments in those, mouth, the, the questions around you know, is there is there some type of community standard that already exists for Villanova right. that the destination abroad could adopt, or is there is that one of the tasks that the leaders need something in order to to move forward is that, yeah. Is yeah, that but, but, yeah but I
6: would say though, if you're if I'm sitting down with what's the guy's name JJ yeah. uh, JJ, club. Yeah. JJ if I'm sitting down with JJ and I want to have the four things that he might object to for why in the world you wouldn't want this to be a club Like why wouldn't it Like it doesn't of course it should be it's yeah. a great idea it's a great idea from your part I think it's a nice thing for Do to try to ensure that it goes through. And it's a good, wholesome, awesome idea. And so it should be a club. But there's going to be three or four or five reasons why the the, uh, administration might come back and say, sorry, you can't do it. One of the reasons are going to be because there's crummy content that's going to poison the minds of our students. So I would want to know, going in, at least to say, we're going to use, that's a great point, we're going to use what the, 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 the newspaper uses as their guidelines, as a starting point, and we also have a system in place that are going to allow us, because it's different kind of content, it's blog content, it's not the same thing as uh, newspaper content, we're going to, uh, we have a system in place that will allow us to continue to uh, flag things in in a quick way so we can get relevant content up quickly, and so we're going to be able to grow with it as time goes on, but our starting point is going to be here. So I want 30 seconds that I can talk to JJ and say this is the way we're going to handle so I also wonder, because if you talk to JJ, if he calls you back on Monday, and I would want to know, like, what are the other three or four things that JJ might say? Well, here's my concern about this. So I don't understand why this wouldn't be a club, but then I don't know what I don't know. Um, but you might know, like, what other concerns that the administration might have, and I'd wanna, that would be one thing I'd want to be sure of. Perfect. I think for that,
5: like, I think you even said that your head editor, he'll have, and Julie's part, she even wrote that, that there'll be a format, and like that way, in that section, exactly, he gives it to everyone. And it'll say, like, don't include this. Make sure it's nice and simple and horrendous. But
3: also, starting a club, I know you have to have a club charter, or like a, some sort of charter, so you can even what's include, your point?
6: include <laughs> it. What's the, you know, the, the charter meaning, like, what's the, what's the point of the club? Yeah, oh, but you right. can also include
3: that. rules in there about, like, we promise not to post inappropriate content, and that can kind of police even the head editor. And through the system, it's going to it's gonna make sure that nothing bad gets put on the website.
7: Mm-hmm. And that gives the gives the school peace kind of exactly. mind. Where the, and then they can say if there's a violation.
3: Then they can be punished your, for that. And yeah. they're held accountable yeah. for it. So.
7: And if I'm two, too, so I'd
6: be like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, he doesn't want that wait, wait, yeah.
0: wait. <laughs>
6: Now I'm all of a sudden on a hook. So what are you guys going to assure? How are you going right. to tell? Like, does somebody going, oh, I have some rules written down here. It's not good enough. It's got to be like there's got to be there's got to be something more solid than that,
0: and that that's a really good point on the charter point. Uh, this is uh, just going to loop back to the name, uh, including a like dot Villanova, or maybe changing it to a Villanova abroad. It might not actually you know do anything, but it would give authorities of Villanova like JJ Brown. Or the
5: Prefer that. I mean, go up, go with whatever they really suggest. If they're really pushing back, I guess you could do that. Destinationrod. Um, Villanova. It's just more like it's your personal preference. That was just something we put out there. If you wanted to make it its own entity, where it's making money, it's a separate business that's run by Villanova kids that can say like, "I had a hand in this real life business." But if you want, if they want it like the Princeton Travel, if they want the Villanova Traveler, they can do whatever whatever works best for the thing. But that was just our suggestion.
7: So that's good to be able to reference the Princeton Traveler, too, Is another university. A lot of uh, administrative units want to be able to look at another university mm-hmm. that's done something and how it's worked in their model. What is Princeton Traveler?
5: It's, uh, so the uh, Princeton students write it. They have a website with all the same deal, like their blogs and things about traveling. And they also, I believe, they have a printed magazine that they give out. <coughs> One of my friends is the head person over there for it. So she does all that. So it's something, and it's kind of like how we're hoping to set up this. You bring freshmen in, they get involved. They may not be traveling right away, but they're starting to get involved with the club, and if they travel anywhere else, they can still write about it, and if they <coughs> go abroad, they can write and bring back their stuff. So you're getting them the full four years involved in this club. Like, she started freshman year, but she didn't study abroad until I junior year.
2: Gotcha.
7: Yeah, so I think that's a good reference point, and for, um, I think that you should be open with either way. If, if J.J. wants, then say that that, that can be one of the things that you put out there. We want to call this destination abroad. Here's the reasons for those, here's you know, sort of the recommendations, everything we have in here. But we're also interested in tying more closely to the Villanova brand, if that makes sense for you and student development, right? And if it doesn't, then okay. If it does, you know, we're happy, we can you know, sort of use the language, this is a partnership we want to be involved
6: with. Well, I think the other thing is that it seems like there's an opportunity to not do this through Villanova in terms of so the question is, would you rather have some I would think would be, would you rather have some editorial uh, say uh, input, or would you rather not? Um, because we could just go the other way? So if you'd prefer to not be a club, this is I think it's a very good suggestion by the way, if that was your idea to go down. The- The alternative is we don't make it a club, and, and it's not a threat, it's just what it is. So we're going to go down this path. They can't stop you from using the word Villanova on something. You can't, call, you can even uh, have to change the model. But I would think that you'd want to have some
7: editorial or some kind of control or some kind of content, you know.
1: Um, yeah, without
7: making a threat. founded while you were doing a Villanova of a study abroad program. So it's, you're not using the university logo or the marks or anything. <laughs>
6: And this is your thing, so uh, I don't want to... Um, the numbers. Um, if I saw it right, but I think you're saying that there's no revenue in your first year at all.
2: No, because there's not enough viewers. For... Yeah,
6: so I don't, I think that has to be completely looked at. Yeah. So if you had three students that wanted to do it, so you have two that we know, one's editorial, yeah. one is um, And maybe it is that second student, too, marketing. Um, one of the uh, skills that's a valuable skill in the, in the workplace is to sell um, and uh, you know, having uh, the sales skills, yeah. um, even if you're in going into technology, because um, you still need to be able to interact and negotiate things like that. I find it, there's no way it should have zero revenue in the first year. It's not There's no way. So forget about the clicks. If you're if you're a business here, your Villanova campus, or Detroit, Villanova, Villanova <laughs> campus uh, pizza shop, the, yeah, the pizza shop down there, yeah. or anyone else around here, oh, it's almost like even a donation. you Tell the story to a business owner, uh, to Cadoba Are you kidding me? If you just said, look, we're Villanova students and blah blah blah, and for a hundred dollars you could have your thing in here. We're not sure what what it's going to look like, but it's good. You should have few thousand dollars of revenue. And
2: Yeah, I but I was just calculating based off of industry. It's it's not
6: really a commentary on you and about how you came up with the numbers. Rather it's to the group or to to whoever wants to listen. There's no way that there shouldn't be any that there should be no revenue. There's no way. And if it's a marketing person and maybe there's the third person who's like the salesperson, really you just have to have like a flyer together or something to talk to them or a PDF that you Send them, and you go in and you say, I'm a student. This is a student project. This is for students. This is the thing that we do. Here's the blog. And every time somebody goes in there, it's not only students going abroad, but it's the students who want to go abroad, yeah. uh, or somebody who wants to live vicariously through the travel. I mean, people are voyeuring all the time, uh, you know, through Facebook and things, and just they want to see what you're going on uh, abroad. I want to see what you're doing in Australia, or your parents. So there are going to be other people looking at this, and there's no way that, that this shouldn't have at least a few thousand dollars in revenue. And I don't even think it would take that much effort. It really, really shouldn't. I mean, people, they put, they, they, they put ads in, like, the little uh, Friday night football books. You know, their little programs and stuff, and nobody looks at those things. It's like a donation. This, this should be something that, could, that you can get revenue from for sure.
5: know how to reach us yeah. still we're happy to help and you'll still have access to the Evernote account there there's an email address which I think logs okay. in for the mock site and everything but anything you need although we're all graduating so are you we're still here to help.
0: I think um, steps one and two right now for us moving forward is get your AJ Brown Any materials like that plan for how we're gonna, you know, make sure there's no malicious content on the site, or um, how we get this involved in Villanova, which you did a great job explaining it here. Are the most important things we need moving forward. And and are, there any, are there any
7: concerns that they've shared with you about why they're not meeting with you or what they're hesitant about that we can think, think through and discuss, or
0: they just haven't? You haven't got. I haven't got the meeting yet. I talked with JJ Brown briefly and okay. when I first presented it to him. It was a very, you know, rudimentary. Like we still don't know what we want to do with this. Okay. Um, he was concerned about the profitability model. He, uh, concerned that you
7: wanted to make a profit, or concerned that you would be able to make a profit. Concerned mm-hmm. that we wanted to make a profit. Um,
5: did you mention just? Um, did you mention that? Well, the whole point of the profit thing is to hopefully, like we had talked about, go back into a scholarship for students studying abroad. Yes. So it all goes back into the school. And we were thinking, even like to make more money with, like besides just marketing, is like you can have shirts like that you sell through your club. So it's just fundraising, so that you yeah, get the website creative, going. The yeah. Model exactly. exactly. So yeah. it's not yeah. like profit. So that's the better language yeah. to yeah. use. Yes. So it goes yeah. back Good. To yes. All stuff. goes back to the university.
6: Can, can students make money? Like, I mean, can they? You know, you can work at the university, uh, in, a, in somewhere like in the library, for
5: example. Yeah. I think there's all rules and regulations. there. Was regulation yeah, they, they may all, not be not. into that. Yeah.
6: yeah. Are you allowed to do
0: things?
5: We were happy to work with you and you were super open to doing everything that we suggested. So thank you for being a great partner.
0: Absolutely. It was awesome to have, you know, to bring you guys in on this. Um, I think this is a ton of stuff that I wouldn't have thought about and wouldn't be able to put together. And I can use this to pass on to people coming in next year, which is just super helpful. Um, we got this video. I'm going to show them the the presentation (laughs) you've given us. So that's a ton of great information for them. Thanks a ton, you guys.
7: semester has been really neat to see you really jump in on this and on the fidget bracelet of both these projects and really contribute so much to these ideas and really help bring them along and and put the materials in place that uh, it's an interesting position to be in and and that you are the ones that will execute these things and ensure that they take life and that they they happen for you know both fidget and for uh, the the website uh, here but it's exciting Suggestions and and to hear today in your final presentation, and uh, you reflecting back on the whole reason we bring in and we select the speakers that we're bringing in people like Bill, people like Chris from the main registry is to help you guys move along. So to see how some of those conversations have helped you, you know, uh, format this and come up with ideas really, really great. And James, thank you for being, for bringing the idea, for creating this first and foremost, but then to have the idea and to think so much, you know beyond yourself and your your co-founders of how do you really create this great thing for Illinois moving forward is mm-hmm. awesome. I'm glad you uh, took and it in mm-hmm. awesome. And Phil, thanks for being being the
1: bookends
6: and <laughs> <in the> beginning <laughs> and end with this right. so, yeah. Well, I just have a, a, just a couple of quick comments. A uh, couple of times that we're together with you, all very professional and respectful and When people ask me why do I do anything with Villanova, what I do so what I do with Villanova, um, it always comes back to the students. So now, <coughs> so now in one way, I've actually taught a, a class for a while and then kind of gone in and out of things, but the only reason is for the students. So because of you, I want to do it again. Um, if you weren't you, I may not want to do it again <laughs> because I don't get paid anything for it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate that. I thought the presentation was good. I SWAT SWOT analysis was particularly good and I thought he did a very good job of thinking it through as well as presenting it. Um, I think that the uh, when you went through the, organistru- the organizational structure that was good. Something to think about of course is like how do you start training those first and then get to that to that point in prioritizing. I think the uh, on the number side So I think
2: that's that's all good. So I, I appreciate it.